Welcome to the Chat Server Coffee with my yoga teacher podcast with me, the comedian Peter Brush, and his yoga teacher, yo- Yoga McLog... Yoga McLogug. That's not her name. Uh, Kayla McCormack, that's it. I'm not even going to bother re-recording that. Thanks for coming back if you've listened before, and hello, uh, if this is the first time, you're probably thinking it's very unprofessional. Don't forget to subscribe and all that business. I'll probably nudge you again in the end. Here's today's show. I had to pull an Edinburgh show once because no one turned up. You'd still do it if two people turned up, but you know, if mm. no one turns up, there's no point in you doing it, is it? Oh, I've, I've, I've taught yoga classes where nobody... Well, I mean, I've not taught them, obviously, because no one was there. But I mean, <laughs> I've gone to teach yoga classes where nobody turns up. In real life? Yeah, in real life, yeah. Like you're mm. saying, it just it's just one of those things, especially if you just do something like at a community centre, which is really common, you know, to rent a room or a space somewhere and then just advertise it out on your Facebook and Instagram and hope someone turns up. That's very quite common for teachers to teach like that. But if you don't have anywhere to start, if you don't actually have any clients or you whatever, you don't have any friends that you know are going to turn up, it's likely that you know there won't be anyone there. So it sounds a bit sad, but it takes time to grow it. So we've all been there. I usually do about 10, 20 minutes of yoga for myself. You don't like do the talking though. As if you're teaching a class. No, no, I just play around on the mat for a little bit, and then I and then I leave usually. <laughs> People don't think that you're doing yoga for ghosts or something. <laughs> what do you mean you can't see them? They're probably quite flexible, <laughs> aren't they? So. <laughs> you ain't got no bones, so. <laughs> I had a haircut the other week, and it's um, just about settling down now to being. Did you say she cut it too short? Yeah, she's got too excited. You know, she's been out of practice, so she's just like really, really, you know, scissor happy, I think. <laughs> and what I don't like is I get a haircut and then it's shorter. And then most people I know, like people in my, you know, I've not seen my family in that, but traditionally, yeah. if I would see them, they're a bit more conservative about having long hair as a man, I think. And mm. um, so they always would say, oh, you look you look much better. You look much better. It looks much better. <laughs> and it's the opposite opinion to me. I'm like, no, it needs to grow. Yeah. You need a few weeks for it to readjust and the curls to re- rebounce and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> it makes me sound vain, though, doesn't it? But <laughs> That's kind of why I stopped cutting or having my hair cut because um, I, they, they always take too much. But I think there's this idea that you're supposed to cut so much off. So even if I say like, oh, it'll only take a little bit, they'll t- they always take loads. And I'm like, mm. so uh, when I was about 17, I stopped cutting my hair. So you, you haven't cut it for a long, long time. This is long, isn't it? If I stand up straight, it comes down to the back of my knees. But you are short, so. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I am short. <laughs> but that's just because you can't be bothered. It's not some like, I, I thought like, you know, from the outside it could be some mystical hippie shit you know like. well i do quite like the idea of long hair in general i think it's the native american some native american beliefs were based on you know because they tend to have long hair but they, they had an idea that um a part of you goes into your hair so they don't cut it and cutting your hair is is a, is a sign of something you know something's gone wrong or or something like that but they feel like like your memories are in your hair or not physically obviously i don't think they really thought that physically, but they kind of felt like it was it was a part of you and you shouldn't just chop it off and get rid of it or whatever. It, it, it had meaning and stuff, so 
I think it's because, like, I think this idea of like, oh well, when my hair was this long, you know, maybe this happened to me. When it was this long, maybe this happened to me. And in a sense, like, your hair holds memories in a way, like tree rings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like something like that. If you believe that, like, your memories and stuff is in your hair, it must be even worse to go bald then if you believe stuff like that. Oh no. <laughs> It's all gone. Obviously, it's compatible with age, so I guess that kind of makes sense in some ways. Like, do they think that elderly people that don't go bald keep their memories on? Maybe? Yeah. Is that the, where they make the deduction, perhaps? Maybe. All right. <laughs> Enough about hair. So, <laughs> so the next of the Yamas is called... I can't remember what it's called, but I know it's about. It's called Astaya. Okay, and that means non-stealing, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. It's usually translated as non-stealing. Because usually you would explain what it was. I've actually even just stolen your intro there, and I really... You shouldn't, <laughs> right, so You've taken it. <laughs> I've already failed. But yeah, so but no, I would have guessed that that has various interpretations and meanings. Yeah, definitely. So it's been a while since you've done that class, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think I did it. I skipped one of them. Not skipped. I just didn't happen oh. to do it because of time. And I can't remember which one I didn't do. But again, I would have forgotten anyway. <laughs> so how can you do a physical practice that's related to not stealing? Yeah, yeah. That That's what um, that's what I wanted to focus on in that week's uh, yoga focus class was I trying to take these philosophies and apply them on the mat because I think that's a little bit unique. I think a lot of people tend to take the yoga philosophies and, you know, tell you how to, in a sense, tell you how to use it in your life, which is very good, very applicable. But I do think, like, it can be very hard for people to, if they go to a class and then you're like, ah, don't steal. They're like, oh, come on. <laughs> I don't steal. <laughs> Most people aren't burglars, you know. <laughs> I think that's few and far between. <laughs> and if you've showed up for a yoga class, you're likely not a burglar. <laughs> unless you didn't pay. Yeah, unless you, <laughs> unless you just turned up and be like, oh, yeah, I'll pay after class. And then you skedaddle quickly. <laughs> but, but also, I think it's a bit like, um, you know, it's kind of the idea of why you would want to steal in the first place, which is that coming from a place of, of lacking, of like uh, that you don't have something or that you need something that you don't have, rather than a place of abundance. You can go too far with the physical, because obviously, you know, if people are actually literally starving, you can justify theft and things like that. There's a lot of philosophical talks around theft in general of actual property in terms of like when would be okay and when wouldn't but not talking about that kind of thing just talking about you and your own personal relationship with yourself one of the things that I like to say is is you know when you're not honest with yourself you're taking something away from yourself so if you come on to your mat and you push and push and push and then in the end you hurt yourself in a sense, you've you've taken something from yourself because you'll either have to rest to get better or maybe you have caused some damage that will take a while to heal even if you don't rest. You know, you basically have taken something from yourself and it could just be time or it could be your yoga practice if you push too hard and then you have to take a week off because everything hurts. <laughs> and if you've paid in advance, that's money as well. So. <laughs> exactly. I just think that, um, I don't know, there's this idea that we can... We can take from ourselves uh, if we if we don't pay attention to what we're doing. If we're not honest with ourselves, 
And also, you know, there's a form of gratitude as well. I think sometimes when we come up onto the mat, we're like, "Yes, I'm going to do, I'm going to do my plank for three minutes this week." I don't know, whatever, whatever goal you wanted to have for yourself, and then you get onto the mat and you're like, "Oh, actually, I think I've pinched something in my shoulder, and I've held this for two seconds, and it really hurts." And you have to stop, <laughs> or it's going to hurt more. And then you think like, "Oh, you know, I've, I've, I've not done my goal," but. But that's okay because your goal isn't necessarily to be somewhere physical. You want to have your goal to be something that is ever-changing and, and flexible and to be honest with yourself. But again, like I was saying, you, you, you lose that sense of like gratitude for your body when it, it doesn't do exactly what you want to or expect it to do. And yoga teaches us to let go of those physical expectations and just experience how we feel right now with no expectation, with no judgment. Just sit down start your yoga practice and see how it goes. I don't know if it's related, but you don't always think of time as being something that's stolen from you as much as stuff that you can tangibly sort of... For example, when I used to drive to south of Humberside, instead of going over the Humber Bridge, I'd mm. drive through Scunthorpe because it saved pound fifty. And then I told okay. one of the other acts that I, I, they said, oh, did you go over the Humber Bridge? And I said, oh, no, I went through um, Scunthorpe because it saved me pound fifty. And he was like, well, mm. that would have taken you an extra half hour. Don't you value your time? And I was like, oh, yeah, I do value my time, actually. So now I do the bridge. <laughs> I mean, people, that, there's that phrase that people say, time is money. But I think it, the better way to think about it is the other way around. Oh, and yeah. money is time. So every amount of money equals an amount of time that you've either worked or have done something to, to receive that money. So every amount of money equals time. So yeah, absolutely. You have to value your time based on, you know, not necessarily what you're worth. We're all priceless, but, mm. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> and there's also things like, which is less applicable when we do classes online, but here in England, things are opening up from Monday. All the studios that I'm, I'm familiar with in this area have all posted their... Uh, their class schedules. I'm not planning on teaching any classes in person just yet, just to let you know. Not because they didn't ask you, but just... No. <laughs> no, no! I'm not happening to play any of the good comedy clubs at the moment, just for personal choice, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But there's a potential to take away from the atmosphere and the class if you attend a class and, you know, certain things happen. So like if you attend a class and you're quite late, I'm not saying we all have had one of those days, we've turned up to class super late and we're just like, I'm so sorry. And you just kind of like, should I just leave? I don't know. And then you just go and then by the end of class, it's fine. We all have those things happen every now and then. It's not a problem. But if you're one of these people that are like always late, always five minutes late for class and always especially in person, it's very disruptive at the beginning of class to have someone come into a class and, and set themselves up and lay out their mat and try and sit down. Well, you're all just sat there trying to focus or something. So that, that in a sense, is, is t stealing from the other people in the class because you're taking away their experience and their time, in a sense. And that, that can be done in other ways as well. That's just like talking at the cinema or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had to go and watch an Inspector Calls at, at school, like in uh, the theatre in London. I think most people I know seem to have studied that growing up, but you might not have done because you didn't grow up here. It's a J.B. Priestley play. It's about, you know, how capitalism is bad, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, but they were selling sweets in the foyer, so I bought some sweets. 
you know, but then every time I try to eat one, I get told off because it would make a, a, a noise. A little, a loud noise, yeah. yeah. I was only a kid, but I was just like, why are they selling sweets? If they're too noisy to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they should sell quieter <laughs> sweets, you know, not, I don't know what you'd what constitutes a quieter sweet but sweets in a tub rather than in a plastic bag yeah in like a foam <laughs> yeah it should have a foam thing that they come in <laughs> and they should be foamy sweets and yeah so basically just marshmallows in a big bowl that's shit that's made out of marshmallow or something that's what they should do yeah if you go into the theater that's the only sweet. <laughs> An edible know. marshmallow bowl with marshmallow yeah, yeah, in yeah. it. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, that's what you should sell yeah. at the, the theatre. Like, it's the same thing, isn't it? People just yeah. sort of taking away from your sort of... Yeah. You know, okay. So, yeah, stealing is an, is an abstract concept, isn't it, really? Or you, cause yeah. you don't think... It, it's not just a material thing, is it? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, if we do... If, if for some reason you've... You know, they always show, like... I don't know, teenagers <laughs> taking things and stuff, your five-finger discount, you know, because, like, ooh, you know, the thrill of it or something. If you do have a problem with stealing, then that is, a, you know, an okay thing to, you know, try and figure out and fix or whatever. But um, in general, most people don't have that problem. So it's a very funny one to try and talk about in a class. I used to live with a kleptomaniac, though. And, yeah, and I didn't know that he was really? before I moved in. Like, the other guy I was moving in knew him. And his fight yeah. was reformed and everything, but I didn't find out until afterwards. I was like, oh, well, thanks for telling me now. <laughs> but he was fine. It wasn't a problem. But I always feel like it's like, I don't know, you can normalise theft, can't you, in some ways. Can't you? It's like tax. Hmm. Like people that don't pay their tax, it's just like if someone says to you, oh, well, there's a way around it, then it's quite... You know, and then it's, mm. I don't know, is that like a, that's like a gateway into it. It's like the cannabis of theft, isn't it? Because <laughs> you don't see the, the actual, you're not actually going into the inland revenue and nicking a load of money with a gun, are you? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's quite different yeah. Yeah, to yeah. like actually robbing someone in person. And I feel like people justify it because they're like, oh, but it's my money. You know, I earned it. Yeah, and that's true. It's to not, give it away. Yeah, it's, it's, there's also got that to it as well. But so they justify it. <laughs> giving, what I mean is just that if you're not, if you can, if you you can c- commit what is almost the same crime as if you robbed a bank in person, but if you do it, you know, a different way where you're not f- confronted by, it, you know, you don't see the shock on someone's face as you hold a gun to them or something like that. It's you know, it's easier to do, isn't it? So also, if you steal. Like one time, you could start stealing more then, can't you? Because you just, I don't know, you can become a normal thing mm. that you, you, you did it once. So it's like a first murder, isn't it? So <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> yeah, I, but, but that's what they say, you know, the first murder is the, the hard one, isn't it? And then after that, it's like, you mm. know, you're okay. You, you've broken the... Not taboo, but there's... whatever barrier you would. Yeah, this is an example that actually is a better one. It's like if if you drop a bomb on a load of people from a plane, you probably kill more people mm. than you would have if you'd have like in hand to hand combat shot someone. But what is more? Yeah. Like what makes more of a psychological impact on you? It's the one where you see the person's face, isn't it? If you have the distance yeah. between between you, it's almost even though you cause enormous much more destruction and death by dropping a bomb but you don't you know it's just you it's easy comparatively really isn't it 
Yeah, so that's a good that's a good analogy that's, for for theft in general. You know, you can you can take things that it isn't it's not so straight so straightforward or clear cut. You know, it's not just like oh, I go to the store, I take this food, I don't <laughs> yeah, pay yeah. for it. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not like that. You know, it can give me a lot more like when we're talking about our time and other people's time and. And there's also things like when people say they'll they'll do something and then last minute cancel and and they never plan to do it in the first place but they didn't want to tell you and so basically what we're saying is that there are so many thieves out there time thieves <laughs> <and> everyone <laughs> I was going to say I think something else that um kind of stands out as well is this idea of not just taking away like I was saying on in a physical sense when you come to your mat maybe you overdo it or something like that but also if you push yourself too far in your life and you don't take that time to rest you know constantly taking away from your energy levels and stuff and you don't ever just stop and 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 rest however you feel like you know maybe maybe that's a bubble bath or whatever but you know taking time for yourself to make sure you've had a chance to to process everything that's that's going on in your life and and sit with it or whatever that's also a form of of kind of taking from yourself not resting why do they come up with these yourself. things like do you know, like <laughs> so... <laughs> you lost me <laughs> this bloke that comes up with these limbs right was it Patan? Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, yes. Why, why did he set these rules down? Because Only because I'm thinking about, like, you know how there's, like, rules in Christianity and, and like, all like, the Ten mm. Commandments and stuff. And then, retrospectively, people say things like, there was a really good bit that Chris Rock used to do where he would talk about how being kosher was basically people's way of saying we need to enshrine to law that you can't eat certain foods that are higher risk because you, if you eat pork or shellfish or something it's higher risk than than other meats i think and so that's why yes. it was set down into law that you can't eat them it wasn't because there's like an unholy aspect to them mm. or something so it was just it was that's that's why the religious law of being kosher came in to, to being but it's obsolete now because we have refrigerators mm. That's, that's yeah. his yeah, yeah, yeah. bit about why you know you know God should just say look now we've got fridges you can eat what you want. <laughs> so a lot of the yeah. ideas of of like political ideas I think of when if, of like I don't know like a, like an, in a Hobbesian sense of like do you know anything about Hobbes? Probably not. He, he writes about like the origin of the state. I think he wrote a book called. Leviathan, which is kind of about how you give your power to the state to kind of look after you. I guess it's just like when tribes became bigger and like the Leviathan is the monster that like is in charge of everyone. So everyone's given the power to them as a supreme ruler or being like a king would be or whatever. So if you looked at it, like all these religious rules are kind of similar to those political like rules and whether society kind of adopts them because they don't kill people because obviously it's bad for the society in general. Don't lie to other people because it's bad for yes. the society. So has this Patanjali chap, like, <laughs> does, because they're obviously like, it's, it's, do you do these things to be a good person or do you do these things because it's better for the society that you're in to, to have harmony or are they mutually exclusive? Does that make sense? Um, I suppose it depends on how you look at it. So, um, yes, if if you follow the Ten Commandments and try and follow the, um, 
yoga sutras or just in general the the vedas or whatever go down the hindi route that kind of thing um they're they're set out in a way that yeah like you said would be very beneficial to society if everybody doesn't kill anyone if everybody doesn't steal doesn't lie it's a utopia world almost isn't it you know but that might not necessarily be the only reason there are um meditative exercises you might want to call them in um, different buddha buddhism traditions and things where you say you want to take on someone's pain um, and in doing so like truly accept that you're going to take it from them it's a mental thing it's like a meditation Um, and if you're in with that mindset you become a little bit of uh, a better person but you but deep down to some extent we might all know that that no matter how much we we practice that kind of thing no matter how good you want to be no matter how much you 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 want to love or become a bodhisattva or whatever um in the end it's kind of all about you like you do that meditation this selflessness or whatever to to offer or give or really truly want them to have peace and no suffering but in the end your wish is not necessarily going to make that happen but it does make you feel calmer and more at peace and perhaps that will end up making you feel better so it kind of sounds a bit selfish (laughs) when you put it like that but the idea of selflessness benefiting you on a on a on a mental and physical level is 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 not new you know that's quite a that's quite a, a a real a real tangible thing you know the when when you meditate your brain goes into a different state you know you can uh, similar to sleep you know and things like that like it can really change the way you physically are and and that can help you be healthier or happier or whatever it is but that comes from this idea of wanting to help others or in a simple way you know or whatever rules you know not lying not stealing not killing you know all of that kind of thing you know like you said about perhaps if you know the the first murder is the hardest or whatever as we all know yeah like (laughs) that's because and then as we all know apparently i don't know (laughs) but um you know but the idea that the opposite of that you know the more more the nicer you are the more you give the more you try to be um selfless depending on how far you want to go in your life you know you know that could have an effect on everything not just society it's a much slower way of building a utopia than you know instead of having a state and it's just it seems like the onus is on every single individual to just buy into this thing rather than which feels a lot less pragmatic but <laughs> yeah i've done those meditations before is it called meta, meta i think it's called mm-hmm. isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah the that's meta quite good actually because yeah, it builds yeah. empathy because i've mm-hmm. been told like oh you know you're supposed to like send you know good wishes and stuff to people that you already like but if you do it to people that you don't really like as well it's it's also uh, i've found it sort of beneficial it's cleansing isn't it i mean i hasn't said before like you don't have to like everybody but you can empathize with with them and realize that you know if they've treated you badly or if they are you know not perfect none of us are perfect obviously but if they have a negative side that you're more knowledgeable of or that you don't like for some reason there's a reason for, for that you shouldn't you can still kind of wish them well really yeah it comes back to that idea um again this 
you know, you can say something like, oh, you, you meditate and you do it and you do it for yourself. Well, that sounds really selfish. And then you say things like, uh, <laughs> and you say something like, you know, the doctor with the patient that might be, you know, high on medica- you know, high on painkillers or whatever, doing ridiculous things, smacking them or whatever, because they don't understand what's going on. The doctor would never get angry with the person per se. They would just finish what they need to do and leave them be, you know, and, and get them into a safe place or whatever. And I think that's also the same kind of mindset we need to have for other people but then again it sounds a little bit like you're putting yourself up on a pedestal but I don't mean it like that (laughs) it's just this idea of having a mindset where you're like I realize that you have no control over how you act because you're so engrossed in the, the 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 world the consumerism the whatever it is and you can go as far like if you were if, if you know maybe that's my things consumerism in the world and all of that but maybe if you were a monk the monk would be like oh you're so engulfed in your own life and having a body and you know i don't know like you know, it would just go on forever i suppose you know in, in those kind of stages of uh of i would say tears if you will of like how much you can let go of or whatever but in the end if you can get a mindset that does let go of things that other people are doing, that's always going to help you with your happiness levels or your contentment. You know, like I, I quite regularly try to get out and pick up the rubbish off my street and down the road a little bit. And there's always rubbish, but you could go out and be like super angry that people have like thrown their trash on the ground or that the bin men are really crap at emptying the bins and it just blows everywhere. If anyone from Leeds City Council's listening, then they're, mainly they're good. <laughs> you know, I mean, like whatever, however you want to justify the annoyance, you would, you could, you could easily kind of go into a rolling angry tangent with, with the world for, for having litter all over the road or whatever. Or you could just pick it up and enjoy the sunshine and the breeze and the birds tweeting and not really mind how it got there, just that now it's getting cleaned up and that's all that matters. So I, in, in my mind, I kind of think that that's kind of the same idea with like any of the any of the things that we try to do to, to, to better ourselves. It's like, yes, it might be better for society as well, but does it matter? Yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? Uh, I mean, I'm just probing really i don't really i mean i I don't really care what the answer is but i did (laughs) but only because i just wondered what the parallels were between sort of like the 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 torah Mm. and all those commandments uh and the Mm. these particular rules in yoga but it doesn't have to as said they didn't have to be mutually exclusive and both those things can be good for you but there can also be a reason why they are there as well I guess I sort of thought that that's, I don't know, it's a way that if you look at those rules and you're not religious, you can just look at it through like a cynical lens and say, well, that's the only reason that they're there. It's not because the, it's because someone mm. set a load of rules so that people think that they'll go to hell if they don't listen to them and it's better for society mm. that, you know, people aren't murdering and stuff. It was almost the tenements of thinking that if you were to create a religion now, You'd be saying things like, oh, don't use single-use plastics or, <laughs> or like, pay your tax. Or... <laughs> Thou shalt not use plastic. <laughs> and, you know, and in a thousand years' time, you'd look back and say, oh, it's quite obvious why they enshrined in, why, you know, God didn't really yeah. exist or care yeah. about plastic, but we were... Yeah, but all of this, even even all of the, the yamas and the niyamas and all of this, all ties back to that first one, that non-harming. Like you're saying it might be for society, but it's also for yourself. You know, it takes 
the more you hurt and harm and and stuff that's going to change it's going to make you know people say like oh you know when you've when you've been through bad experiences you know you get harder or whatever you know oh, yeah ice heart or whatever you know you know things like that because they just don't care because they've been through so many bad things or horrible things have happened to them and it, and it changes them i think that on a small level every decision that we make does that you know every time that you do something that you think mm, probably shouldn't but I'm kind of desperate, so, you know, I'll, you know, buy this pack of water or whatever in bottles and plastic or wrapped in plastic, wrapped in plastic, you know. And every time we make a little decision that we know we know that we shouldn't be doing, it kind of changes you. It makes you a little bit less, more callous maybe might be a word to use. Yeah. Grow so that's how serial killers must feel mm. because when they've killed so many, <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's another just day. calloused up. Just easy. <laughs> Uh, that's not my area of expertise. <laughs> so the Ten Commandments, like one of the commandments is not to steal, and mm-hmm. the Sutra, like, and the the Yama, like, mm-hmm. is you know against stealing, right? Mm-hmm. So one of them stolen from the other one, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> Which one came yeah, first? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> We get that a lot in um, comedy where like, they may have come up with something independently, yeah. but there's no way of proving it. But sometimes you do kind of know that people just have the same thought pattern. If there's a topical thing happening, then everyone makes the same joke on Twitter. It's just that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that Patanjali stole from Moses or anything, <laughs> but, or vice versa, but it's... <laughs> It's ironic that that's a commandment. <laughs> well, they line that, up. <laughs> that looks like a good set of rules. We'll have those. <laughs> I mean, I'll say don't steal in there just so that it throws people off the scent. I would never have done that. It's one of the it's one of the sutras. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the thing is with a lot of these, like with the yamas and stuff, you just you have to sit down for yourself and decide for yourself how. You know, mm. just co- contemplate it, you know, just sit down and think about it. How do you want to apply it? You know, we were saying about, you know, stealing from yourself because you're not listening to your body. You know, you sit down to see how you feel right now and and have an expectation and you're taking away from yourself. But also, you know, if when we go back to in-class, per, in-person classes with other people, will we start comparing ourselves to others more and stuff like that? And then you're taking away from yourself because you expect, you think you should look like something else. There's loads of ways we can think about it. It's not just Definitely. don't rob a bank, is it? So. Oh, they don't do that either. Yeah. But. <laughs> Unless you're going down like the whole V for Vendetta thing, then, you know, it's up for debate. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we move? Before no, we I mean, I did think about asking if your family had guns. Of course. Yeah, I thought it might. Yeah, loads. Yeah, my dad used to hunt as well when he was, when, when I was young. And he used to hunt with his dad and his brother and stuff. And then he had a handgun, I think. I think I've, I think mm. I've shot them maybe once or twice. And we had a BB gun when we were kids yeah. to, to to play with. Which I think do do you have BB guns over here? Really, I don't. You've got potatoes, spud guns. Do they shoot potatoes? <laughs> yeah, you you get it, and then you push it into a potato and like twist it about a bit. And then pull it out, and then it has got a little circle of potato in it, and then you can fire this little bit of potato at someone. Oh, nice! And is it like spring oriented? Yeah, then? yeah, something like that. Yeah. 
potato gun instead of a BB gun. That's probably so much safer. <laughs> Different world, isn't it, from over here? Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a strong sense of like there's a, there's a very strong sense of um, like being a patriot in for you for your country, being very proud in being a citizen, an American, which I think anyone in Europe is going to know that. <laughs> yeah, oh, we do. Yeah, it's like an anti. I don't know, it's not an anti-government thing, but it's like a self. It's, it's like that's what I was getting at. Yes, so it's very. It, we have a lot. You know, there's a lot of American pride in that. But one of the biggest things is this idea of being able to take up arms um, against any people in power that are abusing their power. That will always be there. That will always be um, strongly ingrained into yeah. the hearts of everyone i think there i mean sure there's always gonna be pockets of people who who don't agree or whatever but i think that in general just guns in general in america are always gonna i'd be very surprised if that ever changed that feeling you know but also that's not to say that does not disagree or go against anything about gun control you know i mean people joke quite a lot there's quite a few states where you hardly have to do anything to get a gun personally i think that if you have to go through uh tests and training to be able to drive a car then you should have to do that and maybe a little bit more to be able to buy a gun i mean that's just common sense right that's why there's so much hoo-ha about guns and stuff in the U.S. Because some of them are really easy to get hold of them, some of them aren't. And people have really strong feelings like, oh, well, if you take all the guns away from the good people, the only people that have guns are bad people. And it's like, well, to some extent, that's true. <laughs> there's too but, many guns to take everybody's guns away now anyway. Yeah, so, that would never – no one would ever do it. They wouldn't – you can't no. take – that wouldn't well, happen. Because the mindset is this, like, is the, the argument is that what would be the first thing that a government would do to stop you rising up against them would be to take all of your weapons exactly. away. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's fine. So, if, so if you already have that mindset, you're not going to just acquiesce and just say, oh, yeah, well, here it is then. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Oh, yeah, so. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. My dad had a locked gun case in the house and it was locked mm. and his keys were on his key my mom couldn't even get to it because he only had one set of keys for it <laughs> it was never this idea of like guns laying around it's just such an alien thing to people over here i think they mm. sort of feel like people owning one is just is a yeah. bad thing and bizarre i'm not being pro-gun or anything no, but I sort of, yeah. you know so when i sort of see oh lots of people like guns i sort of think well it can't just be a like a feeling powerful for shooting a gun like as if every gun's a penis extension or something. <laughs> it's, it's gotta be another why why do they think yeah it's not like having a loud car and a big tires or anything <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no i don't think so i think i think it does come more along the lines of like you know i think there's this heritage idea of being able to defend yourself even against your own government if you needed to there's a lot of um history behind that in america that i think is lost here for good reason obviously because it's just not Mm. you just wouldn't think about it it's just curious because like it's no one in my family has a gun yeah yeah i remember when i was working the first time i started working in an office and after a bit i don't know how long however long someone asked because i'm i'm american and they said like oh they have a gun they shot a gun i was like yeah Why wouldn't I? <laughs> and it was just like, what? And like, I would, I would say nearly everyone that I worked with, you know, 20 people or whatever that were dotting around or whatever, no one had even touched a gun. They never even mm. held one or, or shot. And I, that was that was foreign to me. That was like, what? You haven't lived. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't shot a gun? <laughs> I'm like, I did that when I was, you know, every, we went, as soon as I could go to church camp at 14, we had riflery every year. Like, that was just... One of the things that we did. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Just the culture you're brought up is does mm. have an effect on you, doesn't it? Definitely. <laughs> That's for sure. Thank you for listening. This episode was sponsored by the National Rifle Association of the US of... <laughs> Just messing about. Although I'm sure they do loads of good work. I don't bloody know. Anyway, I hope that was alright for you. We'll be back in two weeks. Is it hack to ask an American person to shot a gun? I think it probably is, isn't it? Embarrassed now. Anyway, don't forget to check us out on on the socials, as the, the Ute say. I think oh, I sound older and older. Um, but yeah, shares, telling your friends and stuff like that. We really love stuff like that because otherwise, no one else finds out about it. Honestly, it really helps loads. So we um, so we're really grateful for if any of that happens. Um, anyway, I've gone on a bit. Oh no. So so that'll do. Bye. <laughs>